This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm sitting in the upper theater in the city of ancient Pergamum. Pergamum had two big theaters, but this was the upper theater. It was the steepest theater in the ancient world, and it seated 10,000 spectators. And during the first century, when the church was being established here, this theater was regularly packed with spectators, 10,000 of them, who would come to see all kinds of presentations, drama, poetry, music, which would be performed on the stage below. But before the show began, something else happened first. The drunken priests of Dionysus would come on a long corridor right in front of the stage with a bull or an ox or some kind of an animal, and then they would walk up into the steps of the Temple of Dionysus, which was just in the distance, where they would slaughter that animal as a sacrifice to the gods. And when the people saw the smoke billowing into the sky, that was the signal that the sacrifice had been made, the gods were pleased, and now the show could begin. It was the equivalent of opening the curtain to begin the show, and the opening of the curtain was the slaughtering of that animal in a pagan temple. And the people thought that was normal. That's because that's what they grew up in. That was their culture. And when the show began, very often the shows were disgusting. The things they did on the stage simply were not meant for public behavior. It was disgusting. But the people were accustomed to that. They didn't know anything different. It was part of the culture. And so people just did whatever the culture did. That's kind of where we are today. What do we do with our culture? Do we accept what culture tells us? If culture says it's normal, does that mean it's normal? Do we accept everything that the courts say? Or do we live by a different standard? And of course, you and I, we live by the standard of the Word of God. The Bible determines what is culturally right and wrong for you and me. And we have to make a decision that regardless of what society thinks all around us, we're going to live by a higher standard. And today I want to talk to you about that kind of commitment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. I'm so glad you've joined me. Today I'm going to talk to you about how to resist a bad environment. Maybe you do pretty good at resisting temptation by yourself, but there are some environments that you're in that are not very conductive to your spiritual life. Maybe they pull you down. It might be negative people that are not good for you. How do you resist a bad environment? How do you change your environment? We just saw in the intro to the program that in the first century, believers were surrounded with bad environments. The theater was filled with vulgarity, so they stayed away from them. The bathhouses were filled with all kinds of sexual temptation, so they avoided them. And by the way, that was a challenge because everybody needs to take a bath. In the first century, people didn't have baths in their homes. They went to bathhouses. But in the bathhouses, a lot of bad things took place. So believers in the first century, in a very simple, practical way, had to get very practical about how to take a bath and not go to an environment that lured them into sin. They built barriers between themselves and bad environments. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. How do you resist a bad environment? I believe it's going to really help you. And in the next program, I'm going to tell you how to resist faithless opinions. But today we're going to deal with the issue of a bad environment. But first, I want to remind you that we're offering my series called Resisting 
the enemy. You can resist the enemy. The Bible says if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. That word flee is a Greek word, which means he'll move his feet as fast as he can. His feet will never hit the ground. He will run so fast if you will resist him. But you have to know how to resist the devil. And by the way, he can be very strategic in the way that he attacks. He can attack through our marriages, our relationships, our finances, our health, just in our minds, our jobs, our employment. The devil tries to be very crafty in the way that he attacks us that if we resist him, the Bible says, steadfast in the faith, he will flee from us. He'll make a dash for it if we'll just stand up against him. And in this series, I discuss how to do that. And I believe it will help you. So order it. And if you have a prayer request, let us know how to pray for you because we believe in prayer. We are people of prayer. But today, as I said, we're going to talk about how to resist a bad Environment, And I want us to begin in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, a wonderful verse. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, today we're going to take this verse apart, and you're going to receive instruction in this verse about how to resist a bad environment. Listen to what it says. First of all, we're beginning in the middle of the verse. It says, laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. When the Bible says laying aside, it is the Greek word apotithemi. It's a compound of two words. The first word apo means away. The word tithemi means to lay, place, or position. But when you compound the two words together, apo and tithemi forms the word apotithemi, which means to lay something down and to push it away. And I'm going to read to you directly from my notes because I want to be accurate. This word lay aside, the Greek word apotithemi means to lay something down and push it beyond reach so it cannot be easily retrieved. It's not enough just to lay it down. You've got to push it beyond the point of retrieval. Push it so far that it cannot be retrieved. It is a deliberate decision to make a permanent change of attitude and behavior. And this phrase, lay aside the Greek word apotithemi, can be translated to denote the removal of one's clothes. And in fact, that was the primary way it was used in the time of the New Testament. Apotithemi primarily described the removal of your clothes. So you have to think, how do you remove your clothes? At the end of the day, when it's time to go to bed, you look at your clothes and say, you know what? You're old, you're dirty, I don't need you. Now I'm passing into the next phase of sleep. I'm done with my work day. I don't need my clothes anymore. Do your clothes just jump off of you because you recognize they're old and unneeded? No. The only way you get your clothes off is if you get involved. If you're going to take your shirt off, for example, you have to use your fingers to push the button through the buttonhole. Clothes don't just automatically come off because you recognize you don't need them. And by using this word, apotithemi, the writer of Hebrews is telling us if we want to make a change in our life, we have to get involved in the change. Just recognizing you need to change is not going to change anything. Just recognizing that an environment is bad for you does not mean you're going to change your environment. You've got to get involved in the change. You've got to make a decision to become untangled from the place where you are. You've got to take it off, lay it down, walk away from it, and you may have to push it so far away that you can't easily go back to it again. That's what the Bible means 
when it says that we are to lay aside, and then he tells us what we are to lay aside, every weight. The word weight is a Greek word agkos, which describes anything that weighs you down. It's so heavy that you're unable to freely move. It affects your mobility because you're so weighed down by this weight. The weight can be a negative relationship. Hmm. I feel like I just talked to somebody. Maybe you're in a relationship that's just weighing you down. When you wake up in the middle of the night, that's who you're thinking about. When you wake up in the morning, that's who you're thinking about. When you have a free moment during the day, when you wish you had a little peace of mind, instead you're thinking about that person because you're just weighed down, bothered by that person all the time. It's a weight. Or maybe you're in a situation where people gossip. And every time you go there, you feel yourself being pulled into that web of gossip. You find yourself right in the middle of that. Oh, it just weighs you down. Maybe it's the way you eat that's weighing you down. Maybe it's the way you're abusing your credit cards that's weighing you down. There's all kinds of things that affect us and affect the way we ought to be living our life. And the writer of Hebrews says, if you have anything, in fact, the Greek says every weight, doesn't matter what it is, anything that holds you down, Anything that's stopping you from being everything you ought to be, the Bible commands you, apotithemi, disentangle, begin the process, get involved. Don't just hope that it's going to happen, but you do something to make a change, change your environment, take off that sin, lay it aside, push it away, put it in a place where you can't go back to it. Create a barrier. He says, every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Now, when we hear the word sin, we usually think of some horrible, foul, vile sin. But in fact, in this case, the word sin is the Greek word hamartia. And the word hamartia is a Greek word, which means to fail to hit the target, to fail to meet the mark, or it is simply the word for a failure. And if you want to be really honest, any time that you fail to meet the mark, you've sinned. That's the Greek word hamartia. So in the context of this verse, if there's anything you're tolerating in your life that's causing you to fail, if there's anything in your life that's causing you to stumble, if there's anything that you permit in your life that's causing you to not be everything that you're supposed to be, you're not hitting the target of what you know God wants for your life, then you're to lay it aside. Whatever you're tolerating, it's not worth the sacrifice of not being what God wants you to be. Lay it aside. Apotithmi, become disentangled. Begin the process. Get involved mentally. Figure a strategy. I'm going to walk out of this, push it away. I'm going to change my environment. I'm going to lay aside every agkos, every weight, everything weighing me down, everything that is a sin, everything that causes me to miss the mark of what God wants me to be. And then it says, and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Easily beset us is really the word environment. It's a very long Greek word. It's the word euperistatos. It's a compound of three words. The first word is the word you. The word you describes something good, something swell, something easy. The word peri describes something that surrounds us. It is a circumference. And the word status means to stand. 
When you take those three words, eupheristatos, and compound them together, it describes something that stands all around you, and you, you feel very comfortable in it. You've been in this place so long that it's become your environment. You feel at home there. It's your comfort zone. And here's what happens. Many times we're in environments that are negative. But because we've been there so long, we acclimate to that negative environment. We feel at home there. We know how to function there. Our friends are there. It may not be the best, but we've been there a long time. It's where we live. It's where we have always lived. It's our environment. But it's negative, and it's causing you to fail. It's causing you not to be who you ought to be. You're sinning. You're not meeting the mark. It might be that you're with a group of friends that are negative. You might even go to a church that's negative, a church that preaches doubt and unbelief, and you thought you were there to affect them. Well, if they're not being affected, and you're being negatively affected, then maybe you need to change your environment. And that can be very difficult to do, especially if you've gone to that church for a long, long time and you love the people there. But if they're causing you to fail spiritually or to not be all that you could be, maybe it's time for you to look for a new spiritual home. This word environment describes any environment that surrounds us that is not healthy for us, that does not lead us to victory in our lives. I've had to make some decisions, for example, in my life, that there are some people I'm not going to spend time with. I love them. It's not a question of love. I love them. But it's just not good for me to be with them. When I'm with them, I get upset. When I'm with them, I'm negatively affected. When I'm with them, I feel like I need a shower afterwards because of the conversation that took place. It doesn't help me become who God wants me to be. So I disentangled. I don't go there anymore. Doesn't mean that I don't love them. I just don't need to be with those people. I'm not helping them, and they're not helping me. So I became disconnected. I laid it aside and pushed it away, and I just don't go there. I made a decision to resist that environment. And as we saw in the introduction to the program today, that's what the believers had to do in the first century. They had to make a decision. I'm not going to go to the show anymore. Why should I go to the show where I'm going to see things that are vulgar. I'm going to hear words that I don't need to hear. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Why would I let all of that foul stuff enter into my eyes or into my ears? Why do I need that environment? It's not taking me higher. It's just taking me lower, and it's a waste of time. Or going to the bathhouse. Everybody needs a bath. But if the bathhouse is a bad environment as it was in the first century, maybe you need to find a different way to take a bath. The message is, Get out of bad environments. The Holy Spirit will show you how to disentangle. It may be from an environment. It might even be from a person or group of people. And the Bible continues to tell us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The word run is the Greek word treko. And I'm going to read to you directly from my notes so you'll understand what this word means. The word run, the Greek word treko, is a picture of one who has jumped into the race and is pressing ahead with all of his might to reach a goal that is set before him. One running at such a pace that both feet never hit the ground at the same time. With eyes fixed on the finish line, the runner makes a dash for it, steadily moving toward the goal. Or, the writer of Hebrews tells us in this verse, We can't just leisurely try to make a change. We've got to make a dash for it. You've got to make a dash for it. 
Interesting that the Bible tells us that we're to avoid the appearance of evil. The word avoid is the Greek word apeko, and the word apo, ap echo, the word ap means away, the word echo means to hold. You put the two words together, it means to hold space between you and things that are evil. To put space between you and places that are evil. Any place that's bad for you, build space between you and that thing so you can't touch it, you can't go there. Make some kind of a barrier to stop you from going to places that are negative. That's what the scripture teaches. Now, the Bible is so practical. I know that we tend to spiritualize everything. I know we do. We pray for God to send angels to help us, and God will sometimes do that. We pray for somebody to knock on the door to interrupt the sin, or we pray for some divine intervention to change where we are and what we're in, when in fact, God says, just build a barrier. Don't go there. Just don't go there. Disentangle. Begin to take steps to remove yourself from that relationship or from that environment. Remove all that excess garbage, all that weight, all that negativism that's holding you down and causing you to not miss the mark that God has planned for your life and become disentangled from the sin that easily besets you from bad environments and move your feet. Run with patience the race that is set before you. And when the Bible says run the race, the word race is the Greek word agon, which is very strange because it's really not the word race. In Greek, the word agon is where we get the word for agony. And I'm going to read to you what it means. This word race, that's how it's translated in the King James Version, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, actually the Greek word agon, refers to an athletic conflict and competition that was very famous in the ancient world. It pictures wrestlers in a wrestling match with each wrestler struggling with all of his might to overcome his opponent in an effort to hurl him to the ground in a fight to the finish. And figuratively, it was used to describe a struggle of the human will. And it tells us that when we begin to make changes, when we decide, I'm not going to spend time with that person anymore. I'm not going to go to that place anymore. I'm going to change my environment. I'm removing myself from that group, from that place. It's very hard on the human will. We're thrown into a race, the Greek word agon, which really means a competition. We're thrown into a struggle. It's a struggle of the mind and the emotions because the mind and the emotions says, I don't want to change. Those are my friends. The emotions say, I receive a lot of affection there. The emotions say, you know what, it might not be the best, but I've been there all my life. That's the circle where I've been all my life. I've been there for years. I'm comfortable there. It's been my environment. The mind will put up a fight. And that's why you need to be mentally prepared. You know what, I've made a decision. All these things that are causing me to fail, these things that are keeping me from victory, from meeting the mark of what God has for my life, I'm going to begin the process of elimination. I'm going to begin laying it aside, walking away from it. I'm going to choose a new set of friends. I'm going to choose a brand new environment. Several years ago, I made a decision that I was going to be very careful about who I spend my time with. I love people. I just love to be with people. But there were some people that just were not healthy for me to be with. As I said earlier, they were negative. They affected me negatively. So why should I be with them? I always felt like I needed a shower after I was with them. 
because they were so negative and filled with doubt and unbelief, I just made the decision, you know what? I love them. They're born again. They love the Lord. But their level of negativism is not healthy for me. It's not taking me higher. And I'm obviously not helping them because they're not changing. So it's time for me to remove myself from that group. And it's time for me to begin fellowshipping with a different group of people. And today, I am very, very picky about who I spend my time with. I'm very careful. I make sure my environment is an environment that's going to take me higher. I make sure that I'm spending time with people who are speaking the language of faith. I'm very careful to make sure I'm spending time with people who've done something in the Spirit. They understand what is faith. They understand what it is to press forward and to crucify the flesh and to obey God. I want to be with people that are like-minded, people who will take me higher, not people that will pull me down and take me lower. And that's what you need to do as well. Most often, we make mistakes because we're with the wrong group. We're with people who influence us in a negative way. And now when we come to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, the writer of Hebrews just plainly says to us, if you're with bad people in bad places, it's time for you to lay aside. The Greek word means disentangle. Disentangling is not always easy to do. You may not be able to do it immediately. You may have to begin step by step changing the way that you think, changing how you spend your time, changing your priorities, but you have to begin. Clothes don't come off just because you're finished with them and you're not going to change your environment simply because you recognize it's not good for you. You have to do something to disentangle. And the Holy Spirit is so good. He'll show you what steps you need to take to disentangle from bad places and people that are not good for you. He'll show you how to change your environment. And by the way, when you get started on this, don't look back. Don't look back. That's why the Bible says you have to run. Move your feet. Run as fast as you can. Run so fast that your feet never hit the ground. Make a determined decision. You're never turning back. You're going forward. Your goal is not to sin, the Greek word hamartia, which means to miss the mark. Your goal is to hit the mark with your life. You only have one life. You only have one life. And by the way, what you're doing in this life qualifies you for the next part of God's program. What you're going to do in the next part of God's eternal program depends on how you do right now. So it is vital that you do well right now. You're qualifying for the next phase. So if you're with anybody or anything that's weighing you down, it's time for you to obey Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 and lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset you, the bad environment that you found yourself in, and run with patience the race that is set before you. And here's the thing. If you'll make the decision to do this, you won't do it alone because the Holy Spirit in you will energize you. He'll empower you to walk out your decision and he'll put you in a good place and he'll put you with good people who will help you become all that Jesus Christ has ordained you to be. We're out of time, but I'm going to be back in just a moment and I'm going to pray for you. Do you feel you're in a fight for your life? Is the enemy attacking your mind with depression, fear or temptation? 
As a Christian, you don't have to accept it. You can overcome and resist the enemy. In our spiritual battle, the fight is not entirely against flesh and blood, but also against unseen spiritual forces. Regardless of what you are facing, Christ has already given you the power and authority to defeat the enemy every day. In the two-part CD series, Resisting the Enemy, Rick explains how you can defeat the attacks that the kingdom of darkness tries to wage against your mind. With God-given weapons and the knowledge of how to use them, you can win the battle for your mind. When you call or go online in order resisting the enemy, you'll learn how the devil continuously bombards your mind in order to dominate your life. But you can overcome by learning how to enforce our victory over Satan by submitting to God and resisting the enemy. When you choose to believe God and commit to his word by resisting the lies of the devil, you can and will see your circumstances change. When you call or go online today, you'll also receive the companion book, Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. This book gives you a fresh understanding of the armor of God, the spiritual weapons of war, and how you can defeat every lie of the devil and live in victory every day. Don't miss this special offer, Resisting the Enemy and the Companion Canyon Books Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I'm standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pave this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. truly been a privilege to speak to you today about how to resist a bad environment. You know, God is so practical. God is so practical in the way that he helps us and how he advises us how to change our lives. And in the program today, I pray that you've really received some practical advice about how to change your environment. And in the next program, I'm going to talk to you about how to resist faithless opinions. Maybe you have people speaking into your life that are just faithless. They are so negative. They're talking you down. They're negative. They're not encouraging you. How do you resist faithless opinions? That's what we're going to see in the next program, and it's going to really be good, so don't miss it. But right now, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that abides in every one of us. And Father, I speak to the Spirit of God 
And I say, Holy Spirit, release your power to energize my precious friend to make right decisions and to choose right friends and right environments that will encourage faith. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says, where the word of a king is, there's power. So let the word of God release its power in you today. And I'll see you in the next broadcast. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.